Why, hello there. How's it going? Welcome to episode two of the Kevin Doherty podcast. In this episode, I sat down with my good friend Adam and we had a chat about his experience since moving to America. I hope you enjoy it and thanks for listening. How's it going, Adam? Going good, Kev. I've got a lovely pint of red ale here in front of me, which I don't get too often anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think we had our we had our phase going to Cassidy's and all those bars where we were, I don't know, feeling very pretentious, drinking craft beer all the time. But uh, yeah, you kind of got me into that. Yeah, I know. Um, I think you introduced me to that pub, Cassidy's in Dublin, and then I went there for five years. <laughs> Every day for five years. Pretty much. Pretty much like clockwork. I thought it was hilarious. You were in there one night. I was in there one night, sorry, and I uh, got a text from you. You were like, will you book me a table in there for tomorrow night? And I was like, so embarrassed going up to the barman. He's like, it's a Wednesday night. You don't need to book a table. Like, And I'm like, oh, just my roommate is going on a date. Like, but I just wanted to seem like a big shot. There you go. When you see like a little A4 page folded over saying reserved, you know you've arrived in Cassidy's. There you go. Um, there's actually uh, my housemate introduced me to a new pub that you would love in Dublin called uh, The Underdog it's another crafty of the craftiest where's that? Uh, on Dame Street okay you have to go down this little alley and then it's this cool pub in the basement um, I was actually only in there <laughs> I tried to go in there twice uh, one time it was closed and the other time I went in there because my buddy said oh, it's lovely it's quiet went then in there with a friend about two weeks ago and there was a fella just sound testing for a gig that was coming up. So we couldn't talk because it was like, your man was just blaring the <laughs> instruments in front of us. And my buddy was like, have you been here before? And I was like, no, no, this is my <laughs> second time trying to be here. And he was like, uh, why did you come here? <laughs> I was like, uh, I heard it was quiet. And like, we hadn't seen each other in ages. So he was trying to tell me a story. And I just said, here, we'll just, we'll finish these and we'll, we'll go have a bit of food and talk then. Here, we'll, we'll just, just go home, there. like, fuck it, we're not it supposed to, like, exactly, hang out. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then this fella came down after testing all the all the music stuff, came over, sat down with us, and he was like, is this your first time here? And he was like, yeah, it's lovely and quiet, isn't it? And I was just like, why does everybody keep saying this place is quiet? <laughs> it's a fucking boisterous place alive, like. That's but, gas. Um, I get a text. Did you meet my friend Brian from Chicago? Remember he came over, um, his sister was studying in Maynooth, and he came to visit and his mother was out with us. Remember, we all went out and his mother was like outside. I do remember that. Um, uh, Outside coppers and stuff. I get a text off him every couple of months. What was that really cool bar with the candles? Like literally, he's like texting all his friends off. You're in Dublin. You have to go to Cassidy's. Like, really? It is a unique little bar though, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's quirky. Like, I really like it. I Like I, I particularly like the basement. Like it's. The mood is fantastic. Yeah. The music is that little bit lower so you can actually have a conversation. There's yeah. candles so that like there's that little bit of like uh, like an end of the night feel even at six o'clock in the evening, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. And you come out in the middle of the summer and it's still bright. Like, yeah. yeah. Throw on the sunglasses <laughs> and walk home. <laughs> I don't think they achieved the same thing with Pmax. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a different animal. <coughs> it's a different animal. They've won those in Dundrum now as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When you start to like expand that, I, I don't know. Cassidy's just feels raw. Like, it feels like... Yeah. Gotti. It feels like, I don't know, like a bit divey. Like, which is kind of... That's appealing. I don't know. You're in Pmax and there's pricks in there and suits. And I don't know. It's just a different... Yeah, yeah. Dynamic, but... 
I've had some great nights in in Cassidy's, like, but ha- like I've had some ridiculous nights as well. Like I can remember, um, one time I got invited to it was I went to so I went to like a Heineken Cup thing with lads from work in the day, and like we were just we were drinking all day. So it was one of those kind of like just a messy messy day. At about eight o'clock, I arranged like a last minute date, and I went down the road and I blacked out for most of the night. No oh, way. Uh. I remember. The end of the night in the upstairs part, you know, like kind of that little door off to the side. I don't know if you've been in there. The floor is like kind of black and white tiles. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sat there chatting to a group of three girls and I think the barman just came over and he tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, I think you're annoying them. And I was like, am I? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, All right, I'm going home. <laughs> I thought we were I having a fun time. Them. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the one that's one too many. Jesus Remember, I was in there on a date with uh, that Brazilian girl, Priscilla, mm. and uh, we were just chatting on Tinder, like, not very much, like, and we're like, ah, fuck it, we'll go for a drink, like, you know, it was one of those where, like, what, like you said, like, what's the point in being a pen pal, like, just go for a date, like. Why not? So, like, a couple of messages, I was like, all right, let's go on a date. She brought her friend with her. Yes. So, I was like, the two of them arrived, and I was like, this is the fucking weirdest thing ever, like, I was like, what's going on? Is there some sort of fantasy there, like, living out, like, or something? <laughs> but... She was basically her translator, like. Yes, I remember this now. Yeah, the girl Priscilla had literally just just off the boat, like he literally just moved to really poor English. Yeah. So I was almost talking to her friend, and then she was like translating to Priscilla and back. It was just weird. So I called you. I was like, "All right, Kev, there's a second Brazilian in here. Like, if you wanna like." Yes. Yes, I do. I do remember that. That was a fun night. Yeah, that was a good night actually. Yeah, Yeah, it was a good night. Those random nights are fantastic. Like. Yeah. Um. Like, just for context, the two of us lived together for close to what? Was it two and a half years? Two and a half years? Two and a half years, yeah. My first my first experience in Dublin, basically, I think I lived in a room by myself in closer to Blanchardstown for like the first three weeks of, uh, of my time when I moved to Dublin five years ago. And then I just, uh, I got a lucky break where a girl in work said, listen, I'm moving in with a friend and two others and we're all just going to jump in. There's a spare room. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? But uh, that's the way things work. Like, It is, yeah. I don't know. That, that was a funny house too, wasn't it? It was just like everyone was kind of like new to Dublin. It was just, ah, fuck it, yeah, I'll move in with this person. And just and I was kind of like the <coughs> the older man. Oh, yeah. Everybody else is like basically just out of college. Are you, are you four years older than me? You're Three or four 80. years. I'm 31 now. You're, you're 27. You're born 88, right? I sure was. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, but that was the kind of dynamic as well. It was like the wise old man upstairs, like yeah, yeah, taking <laughs> taking naps after work. Like <laughs> I took a nap today. A nap, a nap is delicious. I have. I just haven't had a nap in years. The, a nap is like anything, though. It's like like heroin. If you do it once or twice in the week, <laughs> geez, you're 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 hooked till the weekend. It's it's tough to get out of that nap gig, like yeah. Um, something I've always been jealous of I've always I, I don't know I've tried my hardest like to like try nap and try relax and try like I don't know I've listened to podcasts on sleep and stuff and I've like I think I'm really good at sleeping like I think I get like my seven or eight hours every night like and I'm good at doing that like and I have like little techniques to try fall asleep and stuff but napping I just I don't know I can't do it like I've I've got very close to falling asleep in the flow tank today actually oh let's talk but a little bit about that flow tank yeah it was amazing I don't know I've heard you talking about it like you know you've been doing it for how long now uh, I probably discovered it maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Um, so it's it's like, uh, did you use the big one or the smaller one? 
So I was in a room, and then there was a tank, and then there was ah. a shower down the back. Yeah, that was the smaller one. I think really? there was. I th- yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, um, there's one that's actually like a full tiled room, and no then you way. hop in, and it's like, it's like being in like a box room, but it's a float tank. And then the one you went into, it's like a, it's nearly like a smaller like cylinder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like it's a like thousand a co- pounds on steroids. Like it's like maybe yeah. five times the size of a coffin. Like it's a strange thing to get into on the nip as well. Totally in the middle of Dublin city centre. <laughs> but so like it's a uh, it's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt in uh, water that's the same temperature as your body. And when you close the door and turn off the light and throw in the ear the little earbuds, you can't see anything. You can't hear anything. And in in a way, with the water being the same temperature as your body, you can't really feel anything. So it's like sensory deprivation. What did you think? Yeah, I don't know. What, just a step back. What, what What's the point of the earplugs? Is it just not to get the salt in your ear? Or is it like... Some people get into it and they find ear like earplugs, they don't need them. I'm right. kind of just used to it. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes when you nearly tilt your ear when you're swimming you might get a bit of water into it and then yeah. you get it gets stuck in your ear i think it's more just uh if you're not really used to that or you don't swim a lot you pop them in and it's less of a distraction i think it, i think it's more a lack of a distraction than anything that adds to the experience yeah yeah i'm a, i'm always like i don't know if someone if there's something there that i'm like half supposed to use i'm like oh shit if i don't use this my experience is going to be hindered as well like so if i was floating there I'd be like oh, i would have been better with those fucking earplugs in do you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, knowing yeah. that they're out there <laughs> So I'd always like, yeah, like I use the headrest and everything. Yeah, the armbands on and everything. (laughs) It is weird though, isn't it? When you sit in like, I don't know. I I mean, it is exactly what it says in the tin. Like you float in it like Mm. it's full of salt and whatever. But you're kind of sitting down first and like you're crawling your way back. And then the second you just lie back, you literally just start floating. Like, yeah. And then I think, I, I mean, that was my first time doing it. So like I'm in there. And I'm splashing around a lot. And then, like, the waves kind of drag you from side to side of the tank, too. Like It's tough to nearly settle initially because totally. you'll be you'll be floating away and then your head will just bounce off the thing and you'll be like, all right, that kind of took me out of it. Totally. And I, you're kind of, I don't know, I, I got in there and tried to meditate from the get-go and then I was just kind of going to go let, let it go naturally from there. Yeah. You're kind of meditating away and you bang your head off the side. Like, oh, you just it can take you out of the present moment, all right. Totally, yeah. And then you're like trying to hold the two sides of the tank to try to square yourself and like... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's so weird though. Any little movement, you feel like it's a huge movement. Even when I was like breathing in and out deeply meditating, like I was like, felt like I was jumping up and down nearly in the flow tank. It was... And it was uh, how did you find the overall experience? Like what were... Like, if was there any narrative to it? Like, how did it start? What was the middle like? How did it end? Um, yeah, I kind of tried to start focused. I was like, all right, I'm going to meditate and try. I don't know. When I you, thought, I when thought you say meditate, what do you mean? So by meditating, I was just like c- concentrating on my breathing and stuff like, and mm-hmm. I was counting to 10 and I was like trying to clear, not even clear my mind of thoughts, but just try to, you know, if there was thoughts, let them occur and then just try breathe again. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that and then I don't know I went it kind of full circle it was a whole kind of different I, I started doing the meditating and then my mind kind of get, started getting negative and I was like alright maybe I need to think about these negative thoughts like so I kind of gave myself time and I was kind of agitated for a while then I was like oh shit I need to stop thinking about this certain thought mm. but I don't know any like guided meditation I, I, I listen to Headspace sometimes and some of those apps they always say like to kind of sit with your thoughts and allow them that's a gassy beer sorry okay um we can fart on the podcast as well it's okay class, class. <laughs> um to like sit with your thoughts and kind of 
I don't know. I think the whole yeah, when I first started meditating, I was like, oh shit, I need to clear my mind of everything and almost like, you know, start humming like and like clear my totally clear my thoughts. But the Headspace app was like saying like, oh, like you know, welcome those thoughts and think about why you're having them, mm. and then try to get back to your breathing. But I was like stuck on some really negative thoughts for like a long time, but it was kind of, it was cool to like like um think about them mm. and then i kind of got to the point i was like fucking floating here in the fuck off baggage street in dublin thinking about the most first world problems ever like i was just, it just and then i got like felt really privileged for a while and then like i don't know almost like white privilege or rich you know kind of feeling like and i was like uh life is good like i'm here in mm. dublin like staying with kev like you know just just got back from bundoran yesterday i was in yeah like here for christmas like and going back to colorado like uh, in, in in 10 days time like it was kind of and then I got really happy at the end and then I got a knock to say the hour was over and I was like whoa it's crazy like it can fly can't it totally. sometimes sometime you can be like alright I, I need that knock pretty much early today I'm about to tap out oh but, really uh, just if it, it depends what's going on in your head and what sort of a, a space you're in but the more regularly you do it I find there's much more of a benefit because what I've found mm-hmm. is when you like let's say if it, with any sort of a novel experience first of all like if you deprive your mind of all its senses then you're nearly freaking out for the first 15 minutes you're do you know what i mean it's just such an unusual yeah. experience so it takes your mind a while to settle whereas the more you do it the more you realize that this is a safe area do you know you're you're in, you're in yeah. a space where nobody's going to come in and take a picture of you and run away <laughs> You're you're just you're in the nip, you're in the the Epsom salts water, and you're just alone with your thoughts. And it's like when you're when you're in that sort of a a, a space, it's like when you're alone with your thoughts, you get an idea of what your thoughts actually are. Yeah. And if there are things fucking with you, they'll come up. Yeah. It's It's kind of unavoidable because you can't look at your phone, you can't throw in the earbuds and fucking listen to some music. You can't ring somebody to distract you about something else and talk about some other problem that you're that's going on with them. Completely. You're just there with your thoughts and you can either try and deal with things or you can just get out and take a shower and run away. Totally. Uh, and I think <coughs> I, I, I felt like maybe about two years ago, I was like, I don't know, I was a little bit anxious for some reason. And I was like, you know, I think I was just fucking drinking loads of coffee and fucking drinking too much beer. And there was mm. loads of like stuff like that that were ma- was making me anxious. And I like started doing Headspace. But even that, like, you're kind of, like, doing it in the morning, then you're rushing off to work, and then you're yeah. coming back in the evening, and you're like, oh, fuck, I have to do it, you know? But today, like, I literally had nothing on my plate. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to walk in here and float mm. for an hour, and then... It's a great time to do it, because you're, you're not thinking of the next obligation you have. You're not thinking, oh, jeez, yeah. what, about, what about this conflict I have with this person? I have to go into the office and deal with this. Totally. It's just sit with your thoughts and notice them, if you can, but try and enjoy the experience as well totally but uh, i don't know I, i'm sure you could get into that frame of mind if you wanted to like you know after work or before work but it was just my play was completely clear today yes. and it was just like i don't know nice to kind of <laughs> nice to do that and i mean not all my, like, i didn't ha- i didn't like not all my thoughts were negative i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking through different ideas and like uh, you're in a it's it's completely black in there you uh, you can, can leave on the light i did that for a little while but then turned it did off you? i did just i don't know why uh, but i you were saying that you're like oh, you c- it's kind of weird place to be like you know the sensory deprivation tank but yeah. i don't know anytime i've smoked weed i've been like very paranoid and stuff and i thought that i might kind of slip into that and not I at all you. not at all i was like so calm in there yeah it was like it's just a nice little place like and it's really really good for your body because the epsom salts contain like 
a high amount of magnesium and like absorbing magnesium through your skin is one of the best ways to do it yeah so like even after the let's say the surf you were doing yesterday that yeah. taxed your body and then today you just kind of like replenish stuff that would have been lost totally so but it it's it's kind of i don't think we do it enough like i don't think we go to spas enough or do that kind of stuff but it's kind of cool to be like basically in the nip off baggage street like in the middle of the day like yeah literally like you just lie in bollock naked in a bath on baggage street just walk out and then walk down Grafton Street. It's gonna, it's we- it's weird, but it's kind of cool. Like. Yeah, it, it. But it's it's such a, and it, and as well, it's a really like, it's it's a it's a well kept secret to some extent because yeah. it's not that they're busy all the time, but it's it's an amazing space to know about that in the middle of Dublin city centre you can just go into this nearly totally other universe. It's such an unusual place. Yeah, um, I I think it's tremendous. Anyway, you know most, um, so let's say floating has popped up in a few places in Ireland, but it's very, very popular in America. And a lot of the places, when you look at their website, like they're trying to gather information about how you came across this. Really? And there's normally three or four, three or four options. And the fourth option is always the same. So it's basically something along the lines of, did you find this on the internet? Did a friend recommend it? Did you get this by email marketing or Joe mm-hmm. Rogan? No way. I was talking to the two girls working there today just because I'm always curious about this. Is that how you came across it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Really? That's how, I, like, that's how I came across the original idea because he would have talked about the guy who invented the float tanks, uh, wow. John Lilly. And uh, I was talking to the two girls in there when you were finishing up your float today. And I was just asking them, I was like, uh, out of interest, like, uh, what's the kind of breakdown male to female that use Harvest Moon and they like in totality? And they were like, um, it's probably around 60, 60, 40 for the whole treatment because they do massages, they do gotcha. uh, all sorts of things in there, like holistic treatments. And then I asked them, and the flow tanks in particular, 80% men. No way. Yeah, which I was very surprised about. That's amazing. But it's the, it's de- it definitely is the Rogan effect. Totally. Yeah. I but think it's incredible. E- even that 40% of their customers was male, that's kind of pretty cool. Like, I feel Isn't like, it? rewind 20, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have many males going into these kind of, you know, spa environments or, like, well-being environments. Like, that's cool that... Or an adult man taking a bath. Totally. And, te- and like telling people about it. What yeah. are you doing? I'm going to the city for a bath. Totally, like... It's just not going to happen. It's but I think it's an incredible... Uh, I, I thought it was amazing because it, like I was shocked by the statistic. They were like, yeah, eighty yeah, percent men. And absolutely. did you ask them? Did you ask them any more about that, or did you just kind of? Uh, I started telling them a li- like I was like, uh, how do you think most of them heard about it? Yeah, and they yeah. were like, oh, there's there's this one guy, and I, I was like, is it Joe Rogan? And they were like, that's his name. That's no his name. way. If if anybody says anything coming in, it's because of the podcast. Really. I wonder are men coming in with excuses. Oh, I heard this on a podcast. I just want to try it out. Like you know, could be, Maybe. could be, but um, it is it is a fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, Did you ever see the Simpsons episode with the sensory deprivation tank? That's one of the other reasons. As in, like that's one of the other things that people mention yeah, yeah. when they go in, because that's what they that's exactly what they imagine as well. They imagine like the bright kind of hallucinogenic colors yeah, yeah. as well, which like. And do any tanks do that? Um. Well, no, like in in that that Simpsons episode, that was like supposed to have been like His their own psychedelic right. vision. Do you know, it wasn't supposed to have been something that generates from the tank. But t- some tanks have lights. Some tanks play like light music. Gotcha. There's loads of stuff you can do. Gotcha. Um, I do it again, though. Definitely. I don't know. 
uh, it was very enjoyable. I think there's mm. a there's a bunch of places in Denver that do it. So I believe it. I'll have to I'll have to give it a go. You were saying you went up to Rasnola or went Bundoran? to Rasnola, yeah. Tell me a bit about that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we had just gotten into surfing, and then I moved to Colorado, like in mm. Lock State, like you know, or at Landlock State, like fucking two hundred, two thousand miles from the ocean. Mm. Um, and we we'd had a couple of great weekends in Bundoran. Like we went up for Halloween and stuff, and it was just good crack. Like Savage. cheap week, cheap weekend too. Like a hundred. Originally, euros. we went up with your buddy Emmett. Yeah, Whitmore. Yeah. Um, but what was it? like a hundred euros, and you get two. Nights B and B, like bed and breakfast. You got the breakfast in the morning, then you got your two day surf lessons, and then yeah, that was your weekend. Like, and it was there was always a bit of crack there. Like, there was always mm. people there, but I yeah, uh, hadn't surfed in three years, and then got back in the water, and it was kind of like I'd got to the stage where I was like starting to do surf green waves, which are waves that haven't broken yet. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I, I f- there's a quote from Kelly Surfer or Kelly um, Slater, who's like the most proclaimed like. Um, most medals surfer in the world, mm. like you know, just the best of the best, best of the best, cream, cream. Oh my god, cream of the crap, cream of the crap. Um, but it, there's a quote from him saying that like, no matter what level of surfing you're at, you're still at the same level of enjoyment. So someone their first day surfing is yeah. enjoying surfing just as much as he is, and he's like surfing absolute huge barrels, like you know what I mean. It's a great way to look at it, and like I, I love even the the kind of surf culture of encouragement. Like you could yeah. be on your first day with a nine foot soft top and you get into the water, you flap about and somebody will ask you after after having a great surf out the back, they'll be like, how'd you get on? You're like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. You're like, oh yeah, that's unbelievable, man. There's a real kind of sense of camaraderie. Yeah, there's a real positive culture no matter yeah. what level you're at and there's no looking down at beginners. Totally, totally. Mm. I think they're welcoming more people to the community as well, like, aren't they? And I feel like, especially somewhere like Bundoran, where it's cold most of the year, they're like, oh, yeah, come on. like. Mm. But anyway, I don't know. I was out there for about two hours, and I don't know. People think you're mad surfing in, like, you know, November, December. Mm. It's not It's not that bad. You have the right gear, and yeah. you're perfect. Like, And it's just, you're out there, and it's it's meditative in, it, in its own right. Like, you're just out there at the back of the waves. You're, you're, you're away from your phone. You're away from everything. Mm. The car's up there with the, the key under the wheel. Like, you know, it's just cool and i caught a couple of really nice waves and i was like a child because that's the first waves i caught in three years was, woo, woo. yeah it's like thankfully no one around to hear me like yelling in the water <laughs> like just ecstatic to catch these waves like but it's, it's cool. incredible like yeah um so yeah we went with your buddy emmett one time and then uh the next time i think it was the only time you met my buddy johnny johnny Curley, yeah he left an impact he did jesus yeah that was a good weekend uh but that, that we were just like almost like three solo agents that weekend, weren't we? We were all just floating around Bundoran doing our own yeah, thing and yeah. surfing and stuff. But and even like the randomness of how it came together. Do you remember that? Because like we were back, we were back in Dublin, and I think originally Emmett was supposed to come with us, but he had to pull out. So then I was like, "All right, um, I'll drive." And then we had a space. We were just like, "All right, Emmett's not coming," and I had been talking to Johnny during the week. Oh, yeah, and I was like, I, that sounds deadly or something, doesn't he? I, but I wasn't even good buddies with Johnny at this stage. No and way. the only reason... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very, very bizarre. So, like, the only reason that I mentioned it to Johnny was because... Remember when you were up in Bundoran in the hostel to get the Wi-Fi? You had to, like, log in through Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So, however it would have worked, I logged in to get the Wi-Fi. So, it came up on my Facebook that... uh I was in Bundoran for the weekend. About two weeks after the first weekend we had, Johnny came up to me in the office and he was like, 
well, Kev, how are you getting on? He was like, how was the surfing, man? I've never tried that. What was that like? And I was like, how do you know how I was surfing, man? And then we started talking about it. And he was like, geez, that sounds class. Do you know what? Think about, think about me if you're going up again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I will. And then I was talking to him, like, on the Wednesday. I think we were probably going up the Friday night or the yeah, Saturday yeah. morning. Probably the Friday night. Probably Friday night, yeah. I was talking to him on the Wednesday in the middle of work. And he was like... He was thinking about planning something with his missus, I think, for the weekend. But he was like, you know what? That sounds unbelievable. I think uh, I think that's going to have to take the priority. No, and uh, he just gets into the car with us. And by the time we get onto the M50, we were talking about like personal development books and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And Johnny was like, I thought I was the only one. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I remember, you had got me reading like How to Win Friends and Influence People and mm. Stop Worrying, Stop, or Stop Worrying, Start Living. And there yeah. was a couple of more. And I, I don't know, like that. I was, I, I love those books, and they did wonders for me. Mm. Like, but it was funny. Like, that's instantly where we went, and just everyone's like, "Oh my god, we're all yeah. like, yeah, these losers incredible. together, like, or whatever." But like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But there was one thing really stuck at me from that weekend from Johnny, and uh, I don't know. He he said to me like, I don't know. He asked all these really deep questions and interesting questions. He's a deep I mean, dude. Like the worst thing he can say to somebody is like, "What you do? For, what do you do for work?" Like, ask them a fucking stupid question, and like, yeah. get really get into it. Like, but. Um, he's he said, oh, like, what's the first thing you do in the morning? Like, I don't know, like, it's a weird question to ask. Like, why don't I wake up? Oh, what's the first thing you do? I was like, oh, I'll turn off my alarm. What do you do then? I was like, oh, I suppose I'd look at my phone. Like, like, oh, fuck, like, like, that's weird that I do that. And he's like, what's the last thing you do at night? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, get into bed. Like, and he's like, oh, but what do you do after you get into bed? And I'm like, oh, look at my phone for a little bit and then probably set my alarm and go to sleep. So like, so the first thing you do in the morning is you look at your phone, and the last thing you do at night is look at your phone. It's like you're giving control to this external device. I was like, "Fuck me, that's mad!" Like, and he was saying that he doesn't turn on his phone till he gets to his van in the morning. So he gets up, mm. does some yoga, eats a breakfast, gets a shower, goes out to his van, and then turns on his phone. Yeah. And the same in the evening. I think he said he gives himself like an hour, hour and a half before he actually goes to sleep without his phone yeah and i was like it's just not something it wasn't something i ever thought of like you know what i mean and i was like that's amazing like it's just yeah. so simple like but i've been doing it ever since like my phone's on airplane mode every single night now like i turn it off i think that's amazing that uh like you were saying you actually talked to him about it recently like yeah, yeah. he would love to know that even that little bit of a conversation had a good impact on you totally Um, he would be buzzing off that like it's nice it's nice to be able to tell someone that too like i don't know I yeah feel like you can i don't know you, you can pass up opportunities to give people compliments like that too and you like i don't know that could i mean he's doing life coaching now so i mean sure like yeah he's delighted to get that feedback i'm sure but it was i was honest feedback too and i mean i'm still doing it and i still think of him yeah. sometimes when i do it you know like i'm there in the morning i'm like oh fuck i shouldn't turn it on johnny could be judging me like if i turn on my phone too early like i think it's amazing and i i fully believe that um, a person com- can come into your life for a very, very short time and have a dramatic impact. Yeah. Like they can leave such a, such a positive um, sort of an impact on you that it changes the way you see things. And then yeah. you nearly, like if, if you think about a ship just going on its course and they come and meet you and it changes by one degree, but think where you are in two or three years after meeting them. Yeah. Um, and he is one of those dudes. Oh, absolutely. Like I, Absolutely. you used to be blown away by like, like his presence and his confidence totally. when we were on a night out, where he could just stroll up to our group, chatting away, and if it, if it went, they'd all turn their backs and he'd go to the next one. He'd just he just go to the next care, group. Like. Absolutely.
so cool like and do you remember um when we were leaving Bundoran because he, he had met a girl up there <laughs> and you had suggested oh we're like writer or no right because he was going on he was like oh this girl like she's well, she, she was American. I think she had traveled to Bondor and was planning to come back to Dublin and wanted to do all these touristy things. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can show her around. And, I, you know, we'd, we'd made plans. to He'd made plans to show her around the night before or something. Something like that, yeah. And he was like, uh, we were like, oh, right or no. And he, <laughs> even that was crazy. Like, he was going knocking on all these hospital doors in Bondorn. Yeah. Is yeah. there an American girl living here or staying here? He, did, he couldn't even remember her name, like, but... What a legend, man. Yeah. I, I, miss, I miss hanging out with that dude. I'm sure she never got his number, did she? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It was, it was an impulsive thing, but... Uh, Made for a good story, too. Exactly. It really yeah. did. And do you remember when we were going home, he was just <laughs> ringing his mum saying how much of a fun weekend he had? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. it was gas. Um, do you remember we were all lying in bed and uh, he tagged us both in a video on yes. Facebook? And we were going through the comments and he had tagged like 10 other different people in that same video for the last, <laughs> over the last two months. <laughs> that was so funny, wasn't it? Just like. <laughs> Brilliant. Like yeah. he's one of those people who you meet and just, he resonates genuine. He is yeah. himself. Yeah. Like he's unashamedly himself, which is so refreshing. Totally, totally. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's few people you meet in your life that are like that, to be fair. Like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's like great. It's a, it's and a, it nearly. It's a dying trait as well. Like. Yeah, I think it's because, like, we have to, people look at their lives and they have so many roles. It's like, I have this professional role where I'm a certain person in yeah. this work context. I'm a certain person when I'm in my relationship with my girlfriend. I'm a certain per person with this group of friends. Yeah. I'm different with my parents. And, like, that becomes exhausting as well when you're totally. you're trying to spin all these plates. and It'll, it'll come crashing down. It's like... Um, Ten points at the Christmas party, you're suddenly revealed as an absolute the absolute arsehole you, yeah. you really are. Like it's like um like one thing that I've thought more and more about, it's like uh would you have a definition of what success means to you? Um Vaguely, I suppose, yeah. Mm. I think I don't think I, I think comfort and contentment have a lot to do. I, I keep telling I, I've been dating Olivia who you've met for like the last year and a half mm -hmm. I keep telling her I'm so content and content sounds like not a good thing you know because content kind of sounds like almost like a passive word it doesn't you know it's not if but that but that's because as well it's people's perception of what you mean by the word it's not what you mean by the word totally mm. I mean like you know like at ease and peaceful mm. and happy and you know like I'm sh like she brings me a lot of happiness and stuff but mm. I, I like I'm very content in my life right now yeah, like things, things are under control for me, and that's like contentment. And I think but the thing as the well, it's like people would look at maybe the idea of contentment because it's like, well, are you not striving for more? Because like society really, really nearly gears you for the the extrinsic values. It's like, are you not trying to get that next promotion? Are you Completely. not trying to get that uh, pay raise? Are you not trying to get that car, that house, that holiday, and show everybody totally. that you're doing well? You can't just be doing well. I, I think, no, success to me, I mean, you kind of have to, I don't know, independence, financial independence, like, but not to the extent that you need to do everything. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know, I want to be improving at my job and I do want to be recognized for that. I want to, yeah, have opportunities to grow in my job. Mm. I don't think that's necessarily tied to um, tit a job title, though. And I don't think, I don't know, the... 
I don't know, the, the more I grow up, the more I realize, yeah, I mean, you do need a certain level of success. You need a pension. You need this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, most people do, I mean, to be comfortable and stuff. Mm-hmm. But less and l- I'm getting less and less career-driven, kind of, which is kind of weird. I feel like I want to kind of, there's hurdles I have to get across. I might do this professional engineering exam in the States. If I do that, I'll get a pay raise. And then it's kind of, if you, if, if I didn't do that, I'd never progress in my career. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of a hurdle and it's kind of like a necessity. But I'm not doing it to like succeed. I just want like it's just to continue that contentment and continue that happiness, yeah, happiness and that growth. I guess. But I get you. Yeah. Do and you have a definition of success? Yeah, I've been kind of thinking more and more. It's like there are like two things: autonomy, and I mean what I, what I mean by that is like the freedom to do what you want in different facets of life. So totally. let's say, like let's say with your career that you're your professional life isn't basically crippling your personal life, that it's yeah. manageable, that you enjoy it. Not that I'm chasing the next promotion, the next promotion, the next promotion. It's more that I have a, a position that gives me a lot of freedom to do what I want to do and to practice the things that I probably want to work on as well. Yeah. And then, and, th- and that comes into all sorts of things as well. So let's say professional is one aspect, but personally as well i want to feel that the relationships that i'm trying to cultivate are the ones that i want to cultivate i'm not wasting time on nonsense i'm not focusing on the things that are just going to make me depressed um romantically i wouldn't want to be tied down to somebody who i might eventually resent totally. those kind of things yeah. and then the other thing would be authenticity so the idea that when I'm with you and we're chatting nonsense if you were to see me chatting with somebody else you're not looking at me and going that's a completely different Kevin Doherty absolutely just try and be as real as possible in all situations just be yourself lean lean into yourself like yeah and just try it like try and be more comfortable with yourself because you can you can get into that (coughs) trick of like trying to play a role and to be respected I need to be this type of person in front of these people totally and I think it's exhausting. And I think, again, it like I, I've kind of been asking different people this question. And it's so fascinating because you get an insight into what they're trying to achieve yeah. through success. And like the, in- the, the answers are so varied. I just find it fascinating. It's always interesting, though, Kev. I mean, I'm sure you're f- very familiar, but you ask someone a question and they might give you an answer, but it mightn't really be what they want or what mm. they're thinking as well. Like we, I work in engineer like i guess i'm a civil engineer by training mm-hmm. but work in transportation planning we go out to the public you know a lot to say we're thinking of doing this bike lane uh it involves or like we you might ask somebody how did how would they like to travel how would they like their neighborhood they're always like we want quiet streets we want to be able to walk we want to be able to cycle we want to be able to you know take buses and take public transport then you go to them saying oh we're, th- we're thinking of removing all this p- car parking to put in a bike lane oh no absolutely not you know what i mean yeah so it's kind of, um, or they say, yeah, I want to live in a walkable neighborhood, yet they move out to the suburbs and buy a car like and commute every day. I, I know you. not everybody can afford that, but I think people have an ideal. I know what you mean. Like, don't match. What yes. They and yeah, actions speak louder than words. Totally. It's yeah. it's so true. Like how many how many times have you, uh, been texting somebody and they're like man we have to meet up soon and it, not, n- it never happens yeah you're like, and it's what, like what are you at tomorrow it's like oh, i'm busy yeah but like it's like we can either hang out yeah or not it's like 
what you say We're all and what culprits you do. in that, I suppose. To some extent, absolutely. Yeah. If you can hold, hold yourself accountable, I guess it's always yeah. it's always good, but you know. Um also a big congratulations on your new two year visa to America. Thank you, Kev. It's it's weird, like going to the US embassy is a weird thing. Like I don't know, like mm. I kind of knew this day was inevitable. Actually, I didn't know I'd have to come back to Ireland to do it. So yeah, I'm on a five-year visa, but it comes in a three-year and a two-year installment. Um, so I thought like, oh yeah, at the end of the three years, you send in some paperwork, you get your extra two years. But I had to come back to the U.S. Embassy in Dublin to do it. It's weird. You're living in the States. You're working in the States. You have to fly back to the U.S. Embassy. I think it's just you go back to your country of citizenship if they don't if they want to recl- decline it. You stay there. Yeah, you can't um, go rogue like uh, Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. Totally, yeah. It's just I don't know. So someone said to me, "It's just like, oh, just fly to Tijuana and someone will take you across the border for two grand." Like, um, <laughs> um but it, even though, like, I, I don't know, there's lawyers, you know, helped me put together a petition, and they worked with my company to put a petition together, and it's this hundred page document. So not, yeah, really? you know, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's got all like it's got pay stubs from years ago to prove that I still work at that company years ago. And it's got I'm on a specialized knowledge visa. And it's um, so you I have to prove that I've got knowledge that somebody in the States doesn't have. Right. But every time you go into the U.S. Embassy, you, you kind of even though like deeply, you're probably confident like oh, I'm on this visa already. There's always a little bit of nerves, you know, and you're like, oh, shit, all, all my stuff is in Denver. If they reject me. Like my yeah, my girlfriend's in an apartment on her own, paying rent on her own, and all my shit is there. Yeah. I think if you if your visa gets rejected too, like you find it very hard to get back in the holiday visa. I'm sure you'd have to like jump through hoops and stuff. But I'd imagine so. Anyway, it got approved. Fucking lady in front of me got rejected. But like you know, you're the U.S. Embassy is the, the way it's set up is brutal. Up, oh, it's brutal. Brutal. It's brutal. Like everyone knows your personal business. Like yeah. it's literally set up like a bank. So you're at like. Literally, there's boots there, and you just walk up to a booth. You do your fingerprints there. You you do your interview here. You pay your money there. Like so, if so, you see everything. Like so, mm. I saw that lady's visa get rejected, and then you're up next. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, but it's 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 crazy. But when you get that piece of paper, you're like, right, that's another twenty four months of living it up. <laughs> totally, it's weird too. Like I kind of had it in my head. I'm like, oh sure, fuck it. What if I, if if I get rejected? Really, it's not the end of the world. Like I mean, I don't know. We put America on this pedestal, like, you know what I mean? Mm. We're like, oh, America's so cool. I have to get back. But, I mean, there's plenty of, like, Ireland's a really cool place right now. Like, I don't know, and it's been getting better and better for years. The economy's doing great. There's plenty of other cool places. I feel like mm. it's almost an achievement to get to in America, you know you know what I mean? It's almost, I, f- I kind of felt that way when I wanted to go to the States. I was, we were living together in Dublin, and mm. I felt that, you couldn't just decide you wanted to move to the states. You could decide you could you could get visas to other countries a little bit easier, but you kind of had to work to get to the states. And that America was, was like the Harvard of countries to get into. It was kind of appealing, like you know what I mean. You had to like jump through these hurdles. I don't know. I just said I was very happy being content earlier. Like so, I may, maybe that maybe that wasn't correct in my idea of success. But I think getting that visa to the states was like you know like an achievement. But it was mm. yeah, it's good. Um. What were your initial reasons when you started thinking about will I move? Um, it's funny when I was in college. I was in college in Limerick in UL, and I didn't like Limerick. Didn't like UL, and I was always like, 
I think most of the lads I was friends with ended up going to Dublin and I just was kind of like, ah, sure, I'll do something different. Like everyone goes to Dublin. That's easy. I kind of I'll give myself a bit of a challenge. I'll go to Limerick and the course kind of appealed to me there as well. It was a brand new course in civil engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, their uh, syllabus sounded really appealing. They did work experience and stuff. So I was like, oh, this sounds cool. And it ended up getting there and like Dublin or Limerick didn't really appeal to me and I kind of knew it instantly. But back then I was like, all right, if I drop out, it's going to cost my parents six grand or me six grand to start again. Six grand seemed like so much money to an 18 year old. You know, I'm just like, all right, I'll just do my four years and get it done. Um, and But because I didn't really like Limerick or didn't settle into Limerick, I mean, a lot of that was my own fault. I should have given it a chance, you know what I mean? But I'd go home to Wexford every weekend. Mm. So every Friday, I'd get on a bus or get a lift back to Wexford. So I was, like, convinced I was a home bird, and I was convinced, oh, shit, like, I'm going to be in Wexford, like, forever nearly. Like, mm. or I was not, like, I never thought I was a home bird, but Limerick kind of convinced me that I was because I'd come home every weekend. Um, and then I went on a J1 to Chicago in fourth year. Um, and that was like eye opening. I was like, fuck, this is. But even before I went on the J1, I was nervous. I was like, oh shit, what if I want to come back in two weeks? That'd be so embarrassing. Like, it was weird. Really? Yeah, it was weird. But then I ended up in there for three months and didn't want to come home. I was like, I came home to graduate and I was like, fuck, I should just try to extend my flights. And I tried to extend my flights to stay on. Like, yeah. And ever since then, I kind of had a hunger to. <laughs> get abroad again what was it about chicago that drew you in for the summer chicago um i think there was just a bunch of lads going from limerick and there was a bunch of people going from limerick um what drew me to the states in general was my grandparents actually met in chicago really yeah yeah they were both living in chicago um they both my granddad moved over with his like two buddies and my grandmother had moved over on their own on her own and um they met at an irish dance like as you did like no as an immigrant in the 50s like like you stayed with your community and whatever so they met at an irish dance uh they were married within a year and yeah like i mean the rest is history they had two kids there excuse me and um my grandmother actually um my grandmother uh was back in ireland at a funeral or something and had my and she was pregnant on my mother at the time and she ended up having to stay in ireland to have my mother so my mother isn't a u.s citizen but her siblings are. No way. Yeah, yeah. So I think my yeah my grandmother got sick when she was home in Ireland, so like stayed in Ireland, had the baby there, and then they moved back to the states for five years. So I think you had to be there six years to become a citizen. So mom just missed out on being a citizen, which doesn't bother her at all. But I mean, it would have been a lot handier for me. But I kind of had that influence. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I did. I wouldn't have to do, done the visa route then. I could have just been like you know I could have got citizenship from being you know their their child. Yeah um but that the fact that my grandparents had met in the states and then my some of my aunts and uncles had gone back my uncle lived there lived in california for 18 or 19 years my aunts lived in dc for 10 years so there was always just that kind of influence there that america just appealed and i think there's a little bit of america in everybody you know i feel like it's that country that nearly represents adventure and like self-determination like you can you can go over there and with the the right work ethic and conditions you can become what you want to be yeah um so much of our media influence comes from america too i mean you can't help i feel like some people are like oh i hate america i'd never go like but there's still 
very involved in America. They can't help being involved in America. I yeah, feel like, yeah, you know, it's heavily part of like the what would you call it? the cultural like zeitgeist. Like they're the ones who determine what culture is for us. Yeah, and like I fucking love my time in the states. Like obviously, yeah. I visited you earlier this year, which was so much fun. But I spent like on and off three or four years coaching like soccer, like youth soccer over there. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a fantastic place to travel, and um the job that i was doing it gave me a real opportunity to see how like normal people live day to day staying totally. with different host families every week and i just i love the place i love the positivity i love how and i can i can appreciate how you could be born in america and not bother getting a passport till you're 50 because there's so much shit to do there it's such an ex- i think it's an incredible place to travel around and it's so fascinating totally. it's such an experiment totally man colorado alone is three times the size of Ireland. I keep hearing that. It's so hard to fathom. Texas you know when you hear is that? ten times the size of Ireland. New Mexico is the size of Poland. Like it's a massive country. Like it's huge. I th- I feel like we tend to tar America with the one brush as well. Sometimes you know we're like oh it's such you know negative things about America. We're like oh it's typical American. Mm. It's but I know they're kind of culturally similar, but there's a hell of a lot of difference in ways between someone from New York and somebody from Texas or some, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Or someone from rural Wyoming and someone from, you know, Southern California, like, 100%. I mean, they speak the same language, they have the same stores, which kind of, uh, there's a lot of similarity in that and, you know, mm. s- uh, some of the same ideals and stuff, but culturally, they, I mean, completely yeah, different. Yeah. It's um, like, yeah, an American is not an American, their, their state, their, yeah. their, ide- like, it's, I just I I was fascinated by the place for years, and I yeah. just thought it was such a. I was so happy to get the opportunity, yeah, to travel and yeah. and coach a sport that I loved, and just meet like just have crazy experiences over there, and just meet some fascinating people. It gave me such an appreciation of that part of the world. I just I loved it. Yeah, it's funny. I think when my dad came to visit, um, he had this very like negative view of America. Like he was like, when did they visit? They visited, um, I'd been there, oh, I was only off the plane like a wet week, like I'd been there like three months and they came over. Um, but, uh, you know, stuff like in um, in a restaurant or whatever and people are saying, have a nice day and he's kind of like, oh, fuck off, like, you know what I mean? Like they kind of over, um, they're just overly friendly. It seems like they're overly friendly mm-hmm. and the hospitality is just crazy there. And he was kind of like, he came in with this kind of, oh, go away, you know, I'll have whatever kind of day I want to have kind of thing, like... <laughs> Um, but it's funny. I think when he was there for the w- ten days or whatever he was, like exploring Colorado, he's like, oh, "This place is way more authentic than I ever thought it was." You know? Yeah. I feel like if your view of America is New York, Florida, and California, absolutely amazing places, but there's so much more in the middle that you can see yeah. and explore. Th- like you said, there's just so much to explore there, and there's so many different people. I think you found a special spot. Like when I when I was there earlier this year, I was blown away by Denver and Boulder. Yeah. I just thought it was such a cool spot. The fact that like you've you've like young tech industries coming, so you've younger yeah. people working there. The fact that like marijuana is legal, you can go into a shop and buy a joint, and it's not you're not going to get locked up for it. Um, the cool vibe walking around the place. I and then you're so close to the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was exceptional, man. It w- that experience in the weed shop with you was hilarious it was just like i don't know you were like a kid in a candy store like it's so <laughs> it's so professional though isn't it it's like literally oh you don't feel like a piece of garbage <laughs> buying weed 
It's like a mix of a pharmacy and a candy store. Like it's like a boutique. Uh, literally, like, and it's, it was incredible. Like, yeah, the service in there, like, you have to be, yeah. you know, with one of their sales reps, like, yeah, walking it, around. The it's it's a real high end service. Totally. Um, and it was really interesting to see. So let's say, how long has it been legal in Denver, in Colorado? Um, maybe five years. And so, like, they've really hit the ground running there. Yeah. Like they're what I would deem best in class from yeah. what I saw because. I also spent a little bit of time in Boston and we were trying to Google dispensaries in Boston and we could only find one place and it took an hour to get like half a joint. It was ridiculous. No way. Yeah, it was just silly. Like it was just pointless. But um, I, like the way the way it works in Denver, I thought it was. What, what are the negatives of that? So. I think why you might have had hiccups or whatever, or why it might not work so smoothly, the state can legalize it, but then it's up to the counties to give permission oh. for the, you know, the grow shops and for the sales shops and all this kind of stuff for the warehouses. So they, I mean, you can, there's a lot of roadblocks to get through if they want to put up roadblocks for you. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I think some of the other states, you know, they're not as even some of the counties in Colorado, so the city and county of Denver obviously totally open to weed. If you go to Colorado Springs, completely opposite, mm. like very conservative, still quite religious. Okay. Um, working, they're just conservative. I guess is the best way to say it. So they're, they're you won't find weed shops there. Right. Yeah. But um, like it, in terms of the state of Colorado, like I can think of certain positives that come to my mind straight away where it's like taxation brilliant yeah and the funding goes to schools and stuff what are the negatives because no situation is perfect has there has there been any backlash because it's interesting to see probably backlash on the streets like i'm sure the dealers were like right screwed a little bit but no i don't think so um really one weird thing about it actually you have to pay in cash because it's federally illegal it's like bougie back in the day yeah they don't ask it if you it's it's they don't ask you if you er, that uh they don't tell you that avocado is extra so yeah <laughs> which is uh, good um <laughs> um that'll be the day when they don't have to tell you avocados free ah, box free i just i long for those days yeah just be a better world how's it 69 cent to buy one in the shop come on <laughs> come on it's either included in the price, sir, because you know I'm going to get it. Totally. You know that's why I'm here. What is what is a burrito without that, That's what's bringing like. me to the party. Totally. Um, um, but yeah, the it's federally illegal. So you like say if you used your card in a dispensary, mm-hmm. and then went to go get a, a loan, you could be rejected because you're buying narcotics or buying drugs. Interesting. Um, so that's kind of weird, and I think. There's some negatives for the actual uh, owners of the weed stores then. Um, because, I, I mean, they've got a fuck ton of cash. like So they're, they're just buying a property and stuff. Right. Their money's not going through the bank as such. They just have cash. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting too. But I think from an end user and like a societal point of view, I, I don't think there's any negatives. It was so, It was so funny even like, I know Boulder's super liberal and like Olivia's family are obviously very liberal too. But like you were literally in their back garden smoking and like <laughs> lighting up a joint, like real long joint. Chatting to the granny. Chatting to her grandmother, like, you know, 77 years of age and you're just there with your sunglasses on. I think you had like a straw hat on and you're just like yeah. lighting up a big joint. like That was lovely. 
Um, no, I really, I, I really enjoyed my time in Denver as well because, like, I think that was like, I probably hadn't been in the states for about five or six years. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It was, yeah. it was a while since I had actually been back over, and like, yeah. it was a, it was such a fun week. And thank you very much for hosting me, but also thank you for hosting me longer than you yeah, should have. That was because good what hurricane was that? Was it a hurricane? D- it wasn't Dorian, was it? Um, Could have been fucking Dorian. All right, sounds like him. But uh, some sort of a hurricane was blown into the southern states and I was going to visit my mother's sisters. Three of them lived down in Hilton Head. And like the day before, they were like, yeah, the airport's going to be closed. So you better try and find your own way back to where was I going after? Boston. Oh, so yeah, I just decided yeah. to stay with you with those couple yeah. of days. But uh, like when I was in Denver, um, was it one of the days you... Oh, you were moving. Yeah, yeah. Bad and timing. so you dropped me <coughs> down or no we took the bikes didn't we or did I take a little scooter those little scooters along you the road you might have yeah um, you dropped me off at the walking tour and oh, I yeah, had yeah. so much crack with uh, I met three like nearly octogenarian uh, American women and we had so I had so much crack chatting to them about like everything because we were we were in the middle of like the art centre in in Denver and somebody was talking about, uh, oh, the tour guide was asking this random trivia question. He was like, uh, uh, the Grateful Dead played here in 1968. And uh, he was like, which band opened for them or whatever? And I can't remember what your one said. might have been Zeppelin or something like that. You were like Zeppelin or the Stones or something, wasn't it? Yeah, but your man said it. And then your one back there, she just goes... I was at that concert and I was like, get out of town. Yeah. And I just, I was like, that is amazing. And I started chatting to these ones the whole time and they were telling me great stories. Like, uh, they were so cool. We had lunch afterwards for about an hour. That was hilarious. I was getting texts from you. You're like, uh, I was like, Kevin, all right. You're like, yeah, I'm just in Union Station with these. I've met these three ones with a combined age of 250. <laughs> <laughs> They're older than the country. But uh, your one was telling me about when she met like Hunter S. Thompson. Wow. I was just like, that is so random. Like, yeah. what a what a historical person to meet. And she was telling me about him and like uh, how at the end of the show she was hosting for him. He he gave her the shirt off his back. Like, unbelievable. Like, yeah. I I just thought that was so cool. Um, I also loved uh the fact that I was able to see Gary Clark Jr. before I went. That was that was such a treat, wasn't it? And that was so unexpected too. Like, uh, I mean, that was just I don't know. We got a text late that day say oh gary clark jr's playing do you want to go and i i was like sick or something i had a man flu feeling real sorry for myself i was like oh fuck i know it's kev's last night but like if i don't get eight hours sleep i'll be grumpy tomorrow like it's like fuck this and i'm incapable of naps yeah um but uh yeah we ended up going to that we got like last minute tickets it wasn't that expensive either was it like 50 dollars maybe i love when those kind of last minute plans just come together seamlessly as well and it was such a cool concert but such an amazing venue like red rocks is is exceptional tell me a little bit about red rocks red rocks is like an amphitheater it's in golden colorado or pretty close to it that's where they actually brew cores it's so it's about 30 minutes from denver um and it's right in the foothills of the rockies and I don't know what sort of um, geological activities. There's loads of red rock around there. And the further you get to Utah, the more and more red rock there is. And there's just two huge kind of boulders or two big peaks that stick up. I don't know how far apart they are, but it forms like the perfect amphitheater. Actually, do you know um, the music video to Sunday Bloody Sunday? 
U2? Yeah. Do you know the video where it's really smoky? Uh, it's like I, a I really, really young U2. That's where it was filmed. No way. Yeah. That's Another crazy. trivia fact about uh, Red Rocks. Apparently, it's the only show maybe ever or in North America that the Beatles still didn't sell out. Get out of town. I swear to God. What's the capacity? Uh, is it something like... 10,000 maybe Sounds about right It like yeah. I was blown away By the size of the crowd And you were smoking night. weed In there too Like, <laughs> like very chill Like That uh, was a good time um, yeah. He's some guitarist as well like He was he's, amazing He's unusual isn't he He's yeah. like I don't want to say The next Hendrix But there's Hendrix Like about him Totally Just in terms of the visibility And his like He's very captivating Yeah Some of his solos Were absolutely crazy I think seeing yeah. him live Was better than listening i mean listening to him would be cool like he's almost like it's, it's almost like good background music because it's like guitar it's mm. i don't know it's so intense and these solos he goes on for so long but i uh, seeing him was like live experience is so different totally like any totally. like if you watch a stand-up mm. special on netflix you're probably getting 60 percent of the funny if you go to yeah. one of those concerts it's nearly the i think we we crave that group environment and that like collective Enjoyment. Collective experience of enjoyment. Yeah, it's it's a part that's it's something that's deeply a part of us. Like. Bonding, like yeah, bonding experience, yeah. shared experience. Yeah. Question for you about the states: Is there anything uh, in your travels there that like stood out to you that you're like, "Fuck, that's crazy! I never expected that in the states." Or like, is there anything in, that really in what respect in anything? Is there anything that surprised you about it? That I don't. I feel like we see so much of America on TV and in the media, and then. Like, uh, did you move there and expect things to be different? I think, I think the one thing that I definitely noticed, and I didn't really take account of it until I saw both sides of the same coin. So, because soccer is a middle class sport, I was staying with middle class families or wealthy families. Like it, it's a sport you need, you need money to play. Like club soccer is an expensive thing to do for your kids. And so every week I was staying in affluence yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. And in the, in the burbs. Yeah. Just like, and I, and I got used to it. I was like, this is America. Yeah. Like yeah. Everybody's doing well. And then my Everybody second year. Everybody drives a soccer mom's car. Like. Exactly. And then in my second year, for my week off we used to get a week off the 4th of July I called into my buddies who were living in like some part of Chicago but I can't remember on a J1 yeah they were living in like a Puerto Rican neighbourhood okay but it was tough and that was the first time that I was in an urban environment where I was like what, what, like they were telling me about this crime happened over here and apparently you shouldn't stand on that block at 11 o'clock at night and I was like Okay, because I had never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like uh, where's the Grand Boulevards and the white picket fences? Like yeah, it it was a bit of a shock. And actually, another bit to that point, when I went to Washington D.C. for the first time, you know, have you been to D.C.? I haven't. I'd so love like, to go. so like D.C. has the big mall, and you've all the museums lining the mall. I think they're all like Smithsonian museums. Yeah, yeah. But the D.C. that we think of is maybe three blocks deep, and then like maybe. 20 blocks wide or whatever if you stroll past one of those museums three blocks you go into a mcdonald's to get a milkshake there's a lab with a bulletproof vest there dc is a tough town and that yeah. shocked me yeah like like three blocks away mm. from the white house there might be a shooting yeah i was like what the fuck yeah that surprised me 
Um, but yeah, I think I think it was just the the disparity shocked me a bit. I'd say if I had a bit more time to think, I'd be able to think. Well, yeah, that surprised me. That was crazy. Yeah, but yeah, that's the yeah. one that comes to mind because my initial experience wasn't the reality. It was yeah. only one half of the reality. And yeah. then when I just went to stay with the lads for you know, like a J one visa, yeah. I was like, all right, this kind of gives me a bit more context, which yeah. which was, I haven't thought about that in a while, actually. That's interesting. That that was a question I got a lot when I moved. Um, really? Yeah, is there anything that surprises you about here or what stands out to you? Um, I don't know why, I, I was asked that. I in Denver? That. Yeah. Just By in, people just, from Colorado? Ju- yeah, just in the States in general. Like, but when I moved to Denver, I feel like, I don't know the three month J one like it's almost like not like not a US experience like I mean it is like you're you're working with people and you're you know you're socialising and stuff hanging around with Irish going to Irish pubs talking about potatoes yeah literally like uh, you know asking the bartender to put on the fucking All Ireland semi final like you know that you have no interest in at home but suddenly you've interested in like but anyway yeah I don't know I feel like you got to meet more people when you were like you know living and work like when i'm living and working there but that was a common question i guess i don't know um what have the benefits been of moving of taking that sort of a risk moving to the states moving to denver colorado for you um there's been loads of benefits really it was interesting i feel like there was such comfort in being in dublin you know i mean like we had a nice house, like, you know, it was like, it was comfortable, like, you you knew people there, it was, I was two hours away from Wexford, it mm. was just, everything was very comfortable and easy, Um, and then moving there was like, oh my god, I, like, don't know anybody, and I'm so far away from home, Um, but that learning curve of just being self-sufficient, I mean, I feel like, yeah, I, like, had gone through college, but I went home every weekend, then I was moving, I, I was living in Dublin, but I was also going home every two or three weekends. You were still quite attached, whereas this, like, I was totally out of my own. And that was just such a learning experience. Nearly like a transition into full adulthood. Totally, but, like, it was in the into the deep end, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I didn't know anybody, really, yeah. in Denver. I knew one guy living in Vail, which is a ski town, like, maybe three hours away. Mm-hmm. And I knew Sarah Aylward, or I'd been um, introduced to this girl from Kilkenny. How were um, you introduced? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're allowed, we're allowed to talk about it now that we're not in her house with you. <laughs> um, so Kev matched this girl on Tinder, and uh, oh. he uh, didn't tell me about her for a couple of weeks. He'd been chatting to her, and uh, <laughs> then he happened to drop this. like, oh, I'm writing to somebody on Tinder who's moving to Denver. I'm like, you bastard, like, send me their number. I don't know anybody in... <laughs> Denver would be nice to have a friend but she was great like we hung out a lot when I first moved there yeah. but still like I don't know just it was lonely like that first year was like lonely and you're like learning and you're like you're putting yourself out there and you're it's hard like you're meeting loads of people but you don't realise you're kind of on trial with people and they're on trial with you you're meeting people and going out for pints and you're like oh, I'm going for beers with that fella because I've nothing else to do and, and you've no social capital built up over there totally. your, your your bank is empty totally yeah but that like getting through that and learning and it, like navigating that is amazing and coming out the far side and being like oh my god that was like so good yeah. i think moving abroad on my own was tough and i kind of wanted to do it mm. um i think i wanted to move abroad and none of the lads i was friends with really wanted to move abroad so i'm like oh, fuck it i'm just gonna do it 
was definitely tough like it definitely like oh man like the first couple of days i was there i just cried like i was just like what really? am i doing like this is like i remember denver's a weird airport to fly into too right you land and then the airport is maybe 30 or 40 minutes east of the city so i mean you get outside denver and head east you're getting into the plains like it basically looks like kansas like really flat land like tornado land like kind of thing like um so i was landing and it was kind of like um just just kind of getting dark the sun was just setting so all i could see was the planes and i'm like oh my god like what like what kind of a city am i coming into like yeah. and i didn't know i'd never been to denver didn't really know much about it i googled it it looked really cool like everyone's saying like you know fastest growing city in the states and you know like millennials vote this the best city in the states and all this stuff that's from the denver tourist board yeah yeah uh, sponsored by Coors Light or whatever. <laughs> Drink aware. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Like, I had a good life in Dublin. Like, I was, you know, we were going to Bundoran every couple of weeks. Kev was sound. We'd watch Champions League in the evening. Like, things were good. Why did I, you know, the shrubs? I still have that TV here. Yeah. I took Kev's TV from the old house. <laughs> And I have glasses. an affinity for old technology, <laughs> like, yeah, and the old Beamish glasses we grabbed down the road. Remember the, the TV we had, though? It was so deep. That was the one I brought up originally, yeah. like oh, an yeah, old Sony. Yeah. One of those ones that could actually cripple you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be stealing those. Yeah. If, if a fella broke into a house and saw <laughs> that, he'd be like, all right, I'll just fucking, I'll try the next house. <laughs> totally. Um, um, sorry, you were saying. But just getting through that and learning and meeting so many new people and just putting yourself out there so much i pr- I probably in hindsight i probably could have done a better job but i mean you know that i don't know hindsight hindsight's is 2020 2020 like um but that was really good and just like meeting new people and learning to be on your own and i don't know it's funny and even the fact that like you're in a relationship now whereas yeah. when you left dublin like you weren't particularly partial to the idea of even living with a couple like there was something about relationships when you were in dublin that you were like I don't really want to deal with that. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'd ever want to live with a couple. Yeah, I don't know. Living with a couple is like different. But yeah, no, you're right. I was like very anti relationship. I feel yeah. like for a while there, like. I, but you were young as well. I was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I was twenty three then or twenty four yeah. maybe. Like, but yeah. A couple of couple of funny things when I first moved to the states. Um, I went out for lunch with my manager on my first day right i was still jet lagged at this day it's like maybe like landed in on a like thursday or friday yeah went into work on a monday and i was just like not even jet lagged just disorientated and like i'd done so much that weekend i'd found an apartment i'd set up a bank account yeah. and was like flat out like no routine yet like. yeah like and uh first almost one of the first things she said to me she brought me to an irish bar actually for lunch which was kind of funny like you know i think my first meal in america was like yeah bangers and mash or something <laughs> like um but one of the first things she said to me was um so a lot of folks think this is your ticket to Disneyland. And I was like, uh, okay. Was she Weinsteining you? But, <laughs> uh, but um, it was kind of like, yeah, you kind of have to prove yourself. like Right. Um, I get you. And that was just a weird, there was some people that said kind of weird things to me like that. Like um, almost like welcome to our country kind of thing. Like, mm. Um, there was another fella and he was like uh, almost aggressive like do you like it here and I was like yeah yeah the food's great here isn't it what kind of food do you like and like uh, he was just like uh, I don't know another that one we day were talking a little bit about it earlier it's like 
their directness, we would see that as rudeness, whereas we're oh, so yeah. indirect here. Totally. Um, like, even as I was saying, you would never walk into a pub in Dublin and go, give me a Heineken. You would say, can I get a Guinness? Whenever you have a second. Take yeah. your time, take like your time. It's that, like, I know this is your job professionally, and <laughs> this is the only thing that I'm going to ask you to do tonight, yeah, yeah. but... Like, after you finish that cup of tea and those two digestive biscuits, could you possibly pour me a Guinness? When you have a chance. Just Even fucking just pour it, pour it in one go. I just Actually, I'll just leave. I'll just <laughs> fucking... I'll go shoot myself. The, uh, but it's funny. I feel like when you first move there, like, you're almost... The directness is almost off-putting. Like, you're mm. like, oh, my God. These it, it takes you aback a little bit as totally. well. Because you've no... Like, if you don't have an Irish base in a foreign place... Yeah. You've nobody to relate to us, so totally. are you like you're like, am I crazy? Am I taking this up wrong, yeah. or what the fuck is going on? And you know, one of the um, I was kind of keen, uh, like mm. I, I was excited that there wasn't that many Irish in Denmark. There is, but they don't really. There's no community, like there's no kind of central meeting place for them or something. Mm-hmm. There's a GA team, and about two thirds of them are actually American. Like it's it's weird. No way. Yeah, like they've they've been to Ireland or studied in Ireland, and like Americans with names like Hannity and stuff like. Yeah, that. yeah, literally, like um more irish than the irish kind of thing like yeah. but uh there's um becoming like i, I kind of spent the first year not knowing any irish in denver apart from sarah we'd meet every couple of days or weeks or whatever but then i about a year and a half in i met these two irish lads uh aiden and oshin and mm. i felt like meeting them was fantastic like i felt so much more settled when i'd met them i mean i was having a great time like i was mountain biking and skiing and doing all this cool shit but if something weird happened, like culturally, like you said, like the directness, you could chat to the lads about it. You could have a pint of Guinness or you could have, a, you know, yeah. just go out and chat to them about it and r- have like, you know, relate to somebody from home. Yeah. You could nearly center yourself in the madness that is the States. Totally, totally. Um, and I, I mean, another weird thing was, I mean, you could you could have these conversations over WhatsApp. I could say like, oh, my God, this weird thing happened to me today. But having Irish people in the same city and been able to chat through different things made a huge difference. Yeah. That was also a negative too though when I first moved was um like m- all my social media was Irish stuff. So I knew what So you go online Jenny down the road had for dinner on a Tuesday like. Yeah. And I knew when, you know, like Phyllis was pregnant or I knew when, you know, Jack was got a promotion or whatever like your all the media I was absorbing was from Ireland. There was a while there where I went off Facebook and Instagram cuz I was like I'd fucking living here. I need to like absorb shit from here. Yeah. Probably lasted two days, like, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's, strange thing. Yeah, um, it's one thing as well. People don't think about a lot. It's like everybody's so concerned about your food diet, but very few people, like, let's say, if you eat bad food, you're gonna get sick. Yeah, nobody thinks about their mental diet totally. in terms of what the fuck you're taking into your mind. Totally, from when you get up to when you go to bed. And, like, if you take sick things into your mind, like, your mind will be corrupted. Like, it's it's so important what actually comes in from when you get up to when you go to bed. And it's very hard to manage. Totally. Because, like, these fucking things in our pocket, it's like... Like, let's say when we were strolling through Dublin today, if we left each other for two seconds, we'd take out the phone. Totally. Because you, you can't just stand there and fucking... <laughs> that's insane. You'll look mental. Totally. It's a weird thing. Um, and that was the thing I got out of the flow tank earlier and I was just planning on kind of like if you were there great we were gonna like I was gonna leave with you if not I was just gonna walk around for my own and half an hour as opposed to looking at my phone 
I knew I'd been in there for an hour and a half and hadn't looked at my phone and I was just like, oh, this is nice, like, you know. Mm. And then if I looked at my phone, if there was messages, then I'd be diving straight in and texting back. And then I was going great. I was like, oh, I'm leaving my phone in my pocket. The second you walked into a bar to say hello to someone, pulled out my phone and I was like, oh, crap. It's just a reaction, like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's you've conditioned yourself without trying to do it and it's very totally. hard to break that habit. Totally. What's that saying? It's like, the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Wow. Mm. Deep. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You said to me one time um, that your favourite town in the US was Columbus, Ohio. I think in terms of a livable town. Really? I think Columbus is a badass spot. You've got Ohio State, so you've got real college football. You've got good comedy clubs. It's a big enough city so that, like, it's not huge, but it has everything that I wanted. And, like, the, the Ohio people are so friendly. Yeah. And, like, Columbus people are fantastic. Um, it's one of, it's, and the thing is, as well, I'd probably have an affinity to, Ohio is such a weird state to say that you have an affinity to, but I spent a lot of time in Ohio initially. Because yeah. Ohio is um, very conservative for anybody who doesn't know that. I mean, right. And, I mean, they've, um, legalized or um illegalized abortion and stuff like and they're like really very pro-life and yeah they're very like very red state what uh what states have legalized abortion over there all like uh, abortion is was legal in all states but then you've got like um sorry did i say that incorrectly or made it illegal um i think ohio there's been a move in like ohio and uh, alabama and georgia so um, like they're the big state. They got a lot of publicity. I think there's other states, all right, but they were like. It's interesting as well, though, because you said like Ohio is a conservative state. Yeah. But Ohio is a swing state, isn't it? Oh, a purple. You know state what I mean? It's like yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those ones where if you win Ohio, they always say you've got the election. There's a couple of states like that, isn't there? Where you win yeah. Florida, you win wherever. Like yeah. you kind of yeah. Um, and even you see that though. Like I mean, um, <coughs> you're in Denver almost everyone's going to be liberal and they're like liberal tends to translate to I'm going to vote Democrat. Yeah. You go outside and it's complete Republican. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's interesting to talk to both sides. I feel like the last couple of years American Americans are so divided um, that yeah. it's almost, you can't talk, like talking about politics is such a taboo topic, Like, but it's nice to be foreign there and not have skin in the game because you can ask people questions that locals nece- wouldn't necessarily ask each other. Yeah, I can ask someone. Like, you, who did you vote for in the last election? You can ask for. You can ask them nearly out of a pretense of ignorance. Oh, you're just, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. asking them and not like it's like you have no prior knowledge of what's going on. It's just like and, and how did you vote? How did you see this issue? Totally. And they're explaining to you like your it's your it's your they're first time in the country. Yes, yeah. which is always nice. <clears throat> One of the best um, pleas of ignorance I ever have. Right. So in Co- in Colorado, there's a big thing because. It's one of the fastest growing states in the states. There's so many people moving from a lot of people from the Midwest and a lot of people from Texas and California with money. Basically, they sell their house in California or they come with oil money from Texas. They move to Colorado because, I mean, wow. the standard of living in Colorado is just really good. And just and do they all like centralize in Denver or is it more spread out? Um, most people are moving to the front range. So the front range is basically like where all the cities are. So it, the, in the front range, you've got Boulder. Denver, uh, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, and basically they're all pushed right up against the mountains. Okay, so like That's the, the front range, the, the foothills, yeah. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of them are coming, either coming to like somewhere like Denver or Boulder or moving to the mountains. Yeah, sometimes yeah. if they've got a fuck ton of money. Right. Uh, just where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So a big thing like the the native Coloradans are like you know they're up in arms. They're like, oh my god, there's so much traffic here now, and they're like, you know, right. They're mad that people are moving there. So you see these bumper stickers saying "Native Coloradan." No way. And you see, pe- yeah, people like people would say to you like it's almost like it's passive aggressive. Like they're like, oh well, well you know, I'm I'm a native, and you're like, okay. what's a native? What does that mean? That's the thing, right? So. The, a native means you were basically born there. So I'm a native to Colorado. My my parents were born here and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I, I, I plead ignorance. Oh my God, you're Native American. That's so cool. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm just, you know, my parents moved here uh, from Chicago. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you've been here for a generation. <laughs> and it, it, it gets, so but, it no, the fuck out of but nobody else could do it, you know? So it's yeah, like, it's nice to, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You and see, it, is that just a, like a Colorado thing or would it I've apply to Utah? Native Texans. I've seen, um, mm. any state that's growing, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, we were like that. Remember when all the Eastern Europeans were coming here, we were like, oh, these foreigners coming in. I feel like it's, yeah, there definitely was that initially, initially. Yeah. Um, but it's that kind of mentality, I guess. It's strange yeah. as well though. Cause like, I don't know. I, I'm always fascinated by the way we kind of break down into these groups. Cause like most of the time, if you ask an American, do you know, like who are you or whatever, they'll yeah. tell you about their heritage of other countries. Totally. But then when they're used to living in a place and they're not happy with other Americans moving in, I was born on this bit of dirt in America. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we always break down into these weird little groups with yeah, everything. Totally. Uh, right and left politics, vegan versus carnivore. Fucking CrossFit versus whatever. I'm from Wexford. You're from Limerick. All of 200 miles away from each other, and you're territorial about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very, it's very interesting. Like, did you find the Irish thing worked really well for you there? People say like, oh my god, the accent and the f- like it opens doors for you. And it worked to an extent. I think, I think you still have to have a personality and something about you. Yeah. I think it's like. It might get your foot in the door, but like that door will firmly close fifteen seconds later if you've nothing else left. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it's bigged up a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's funny when because you go over there with this idea that she's everybody's gonna be mad after me. You know that scene in Love Actually where your man's packing all the condoms into his yeah. into his backpack, <laughs> like, and he literally lands in America and he, there's these like blonde chicks, you know, like I don't know where he is, like maybe in Chicago or, or Minneapolis or somewhere, like this really snowy place. And the two bar- girls bring him home. Like, I mean, that is the image. Isn't that it? is like it's literally. It. And you think you're going to be invited to out in someone's yacht every weekend? Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's not the case. <laughs> it doesn't hurt though. It definitely no. doesn't hurt. No, no, no. Um, and it's a, it's a fantastic conversation starter. That is what it. I love about the states as well. Is you could be on a night out and you can walk up to a group of people, yeah, and just start talking with, with a fairly good success rate of them not just turning their back and Absolutely. just closing ranks and you're just like all right I, i'm just trying to socialize yeah see you later totally and i i know i said the negative thing about the D- denver natives or the colorado natives or whatever but honestly people are very welcoming there americans in general are very welcoming mm. but also because there's so many different people moving to denver it's it's easy to make friends you get invited to things cool i often wonder like jesus if someone moved to dublin or if someone moved to wexford would i really mm. go out of my way to invite them the way i've been invited like but well, even I, mean, I was thinking like 
because I used to stay with host families, you get there on a Sunday and you were going to stay till the following Saturday. They give you a key the first day you were there and yeah. you'd be like, here, help yourself to whatever you want. It's like, there's no way in hell that would work vice versa. Totally. Somebody, some random hungover young fella arriving to your house on a Sunday evening, <laughs> pumping soccer balls outside in the thing and you're just going to give him the key. Not a chance. Oh, yeah. Um, and were you ever throwing a car key? Like, they're so liberal with their car keys. Like, they're absolutely. like, oh, like, drive my car. Um, um, very, very, like, I, I think they're amazing hosts. T- amazing hosts. They really are. And it's one of those things that gets underplayed a lot. Like, totally. Tremendous. Totally. And I value the way they're positive. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, you, you could say sometimes maybe they're, some of them push it to the point of like, all right, you don't have to be that positive. I'm so happy. If I keep telling myself I'm this happy, yeah. I'm definitely I believe in be the happy. secret and just the power of attraction and I don't have to do anything. God wants me to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that positivity is refreshing rather than being stuck in a small town and everybody knows your business and you're doing yeah. one thing that separates you from the crowd. Yeah. And it's like, look at that fella. He thinks he's fucking better than everybody now to prick. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely an eye opener. Like, and I, I went there, there early, like probably around the same age as you. Maybe I was like 21, maybe when yeah. I went over. You did a more unique thing as well, though. I mean, like, you know, you mm. were really seeing mm. people's lives and really getting into the day to day. It was so cool. Um, I always admire, like, I don't know. I did the easy J one thing, and, and J one is a great experience for anybody. Yeah. I always admire people that go and do these summer camps or something, or you know, yeah. they go to these random. They might go do work on a horse ranch or something you're going to get such a mad experience i know like yeah. all you want to do when you're 21 is like go get pissed like and, and be drink. in your social group yeah don't, like, don't don't stick your head above the parapets absolutely mm. absolutely i mean kev i was still getting abuse for going to bundorn on my own like from the lads like that's it's crazy. just it's it's funny though like it, there at times there is a mentality like that in ireland where like yeah just keep your head down and like you don't be i don't know st- sticking your head out like yeah it's kind of like the idea of like the bent nail gets hammered down totally like you just there's conformity or there's oddity that's what i was trying to say and you 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 said it way better than i would (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) but yes and like there there is still that mentality and that like lads mentality and Mm. that like oh what are you doing like come on like we're we're going for pints why are you going surfing like or why are you Mm. going to yoga or why are you not drinking yeah yeah um but i think i don't know Ireland, and this is going to sound like such a prickish thing to say, like, but I think Ireland are like coming from a moral high ground or from more experience or something. But I think Ireland is growing a lot and becoming way more accepting. Absolutely, man. There's such a like wellness kind of move here, and like people are like, I don't know, like, I don't know, people that care about their health and their well being and their mental health and mm. all this kind of um, mindfulness. And one thing that does. And it's ju- it just seems to be something that irritates me slightly. It's like, um, you know what? Physical health. Yeah. Um, if you're curious about physical health, you can look up, okay, this is an exercise routine I can follow. These are the foods I can eat. These are the supplements I can take. I think look after your mental health gets thrown around as a good line to say, whereas very few people break it down going, this is what I would recommend. Yeah. Like, I th- I think my mental health is good and this is my regime. This yeah. is my 12-week plan to get to get an increased level of good mental health. Totally. I think that that's one thing that is lacking. It just, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of a path that you can follow. Like, it, it just, it, see, it frustrates me a little bit because there's loads of little things you can do. But compared to physical training, 
there are yeah. less clear paths. That's a good point. Um, that's funny in the States. I think the States are almost too far the other way as well. They're openly like, oh, I'm going to see my shrink. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is amazing, but like they're almost normalize it. Not too much. Sorry, there's absolutely nothing wrong with normalizing. It should be normalized. They advertise it. It's mm. almost like bragging. It's a badge of it's honor. Pr- there. It's bragging rights. Or mm. Yeah, it's a badge of honor. I'm going to see my shrink or whatever. It's like, I've got this mental health issue. Like, look at me. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think we're getting there. I, I, I do. That, oh, I, no, that is I, a good point. But as well, it's like, I appreciate the positive swing. Yeah. Because like there was times when I was younger and I didn't realize what I was feeling was like anxiety. I just oh, didn't understand yeah, it when I was younger. Yeah. I was like, what in the name of God is this? Like, this is yeah. just very uncomfortable. And then it's great that people are starting to have the conversation. And it's great that, like, it, it would be fantastic to get to a point where uh, telling your friend you broke your leg in a soccer match would be the exact same as I had a panic attack there last night. And uh, it was just a situation that happened. Like, yeah. it, both of them are just things that happen to you. It's not yeah. your, you're not that panic attack. You're not that broken leg. Yeah. But I, I just think at the moment, there's a little bit of posturing. And I wish more people would start laying out, this is what I'd recommend. Yeah. And that's just that's just kind of like, because it, it does get thrown out a lot at the moment. That's, yeah. that's the only thing I think about it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in a workplace or something, if there was like a uh, steps or a process, yeah. uh, if you report something, then it gets sent here. As opposed to, you still have to, you still have to be brave uh, I guess w- without a process, you probably still have to be brave, don't you, to raise mm. your hand and say, "I'm feeling this way" or whatever. One of the lads I'm friends with, um, he's amazing. Like he like m- like talks about his mental health so openly, and he's just like, "Yeah, I had a fucking panic attack today, and it was mm. so weird." And he like he talks about, "Oh yeah, like I'm on medication. Sure, if you had like if you hurt your leg, you'd go on medication." And it's like, yeah, that way of talking about it is very good. Like, and I don't know. Even I remember I bought a book on anxiety too. When I first moved to Colorado, I was very anxious as well for some reason. Yeah. And even there was like, I I was nervous going up buying the book. Like I'm like uh, like almost turning it upside down. Like don't like it, it, there's still a stigma there a little bit. But mm. I don't know. I think all the positive media it's getting lately. Absolutely. Is and I think I think the fact that the stigma is definitely being removed here. And I yeah. think people like uh, Blind Boys podcast has really helped because he talks openly about mental yeah. health issues. But I just want to see more in terms of it's great. It's great that you've admitted it. But now how do I try and help myself? Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Actually, I went uh, went to for an annual checkup in the doctors in Denver uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I had to fill out uh, a mental health questionnaire. Really? Yeah. What yeah. sort of things? Just stuff like basic stuff. Like, are you feeling depressed? Do you feel low? Do you have low energy? Yeah. Um, do you feel anxious? Do you feel excitable? All this kind of stuff. Yeah. There was probably only 10 questions. And it, oh man, I mean, you have to you sign your life away. Like, yes, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. Answer all these forms and stuff. So, but I don't know if they misdiagnose you, basically, it's not their fault. I'm sure it's all like to cover their arse, like, but yeah. it's good that you have to fill that out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because maybe you would, if I mean, if you're answering that, maybe you would feel, oh, fuck, actually, yeah, I'm feeling low. Yeah. And at least maybe you could because that way you're not really you're not raising your hands you're just filling out a form and then they have to ask you about it and seeing another piece of paper maybe you see a word and you're like that's what I'm looking at that's that's the thing that I'm experiencing I think there's a ghost in here Kev Um, (laughs) going back to 
the question or the second half of the question that I originally asked you. You were talking about some probably of the went benefits. way off, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Lad, I think we were walking around Dublin today, and I think we finished half our stories. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's good though to be that way, isn't it? Just a ramble, like it was a fun day, man. Yeah, it was good. Um, sorry, I interrupted you again. <laughs> no worries at all, man. Um, what I was going to ask you is, obviously, there's a lot of benefits of going over, but what are nearly the drawbacks of leaving Ireland for you? it's funny people ask me what are you most excited for and i think there's some stuff that's almost a given like i know i'm gonna meet i know i'm gonna hang out with my parents and that's great i know i'm gonna like see my grandmother and see like you know extended family and that's fantastic i'm like the stuff i look forward to is the randomness like meeting somebody on the street that you haven't met in five years Mm. walking down wexford main street like wexford's a town of thirty thousand people you tend to know a lot of people like you you yeah. know you go into a pub and jesus tommy i haven't seen you in five years how are you doing oh jeez you're in australia are you, you know yeah, i mean yeah. just that randomness um when i came back two years ago I as in a, like the random familiarity that you can have in a place yeah or just random encounters you didn't plan okay. unplanned stuff i guess is what i'm trying to say like right. i i know i'm gonna see the lads and that's amazing i know i'm gonna see my family that's amazing but it's meeting people i went to primary school with or something that i didn't plan on meeting and you end up chatting for an hour having a pint like mm. even today we went into kios for one pint your man beside us got talking to us and he's like you have a wexford accent that was gas which i was so happy about i'm so paranoid about getting an american accent like you're just because i even i think i said to him like something about a restroom and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i'd never use the word restroom in ireland like um but yeah just those random interactions i really mm. like um what about you? What's what are you looking forward to at Christmas? What am I looking forward to at the Christmas? Yeah, the big thing, the big thing for me is just being at home in Limerick and seeing those friends that I don't see often enough throughout the year. Yeah, because everybody tries to make a special effort to come back, and uh, I think this year I'm gonna host our local get together and should be great crack. Like, but yeah, the big thing would be just seeing the lads I grew up with for the fucking maybe first time this year that we're all together and like everybody yeah. puts everything aside it's kind of i kind of like the dynamic as well when you go home where i don't know like let's say if i now work in sales and another flat he's an engineer and there's another fella he's a doctor when you all go home you're all fucking 16 again yeah joe you're not the, the adulthood kind of slips away and you slip <laughs> into this childish way because you knew them when you were a child totally so i think you can be very young and carefree around those lads like yeah um, on that point actually um olivia came back to ireland with me in june obviously you met her but um that was something she was amazed about nobody asked her what she did for work or if they did it was like what do you do for work oh i do this all oh, right how's it? and then it was on to something else yeah there nobody really cares what you do for work here like it's a dull question if you ask somebody anyway it is but i mean people aren't like they want to know about you they want to yeah. just pull the piss out of you whereas in the they states wanna, yeah. you are your work like totally. that's your identity that is your identity yeah. um and that was really uh she really enjoyed that like that was really refreshing for her that people didn't care what she was doing like you know yeah, yeah. um so that's that i mean that's another big compliment to ireland i feel like we're just we want to have the crack like we want to literally it's take the piss out of each other like if you and if you said you were a doctor people would be like ooh. Like, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? like, yeah yeah how many people did you kill last week yeah probably? like <laughs> um, 
no like uh, it's crazy as well before i moved to dublin i was thinking right if i'm not happy in dublin i'm not living in ireland yeah. i'm so happy in dublin right now yeah i'm not saying that i'll never move away i'm not saying that i'll never do like an extended bit of travel but i'm so happy that i rolled the dice totally to move up to dublin and like fucking man I'm so happy that five years after I met you, we're still fucking hanging out. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's great. Absolutely. And I mean, Dublin is a fantastic place. Like, I don't know. Mm. I, there, I read an article a couple of months back, um, and it was basically saying how Ireland is what the new America and that uh, it was written by an American guy, an Irish American guy. And basically, like, we've got such an influx of um, immigration and immigrants and workers and money and all That's this kind true. of culture. And we don't have a nationalist party yet in the government or even a nationalist yeah. uh, politician. Um, and it's just like, I know we pay a lot of taxes and the cost of living here is high and stuff, but it like... But like populism hasn't taken hold like no. it has other places. No, and there's still like an attitude, come here and do your work and have the crack and sure, you'll get on fine. Like, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And he was like, America, the American dream is now alive in Ireland, like where people That's are... That's so fascinating. I, I mean, there's think so it's much weird. opportunity here. Like, you've got people from all over Europe coming yeah. to Dublin because they want to work with LinkedIn and they want to work with yeah. Facebook and they want to. I think it's crazy wha- if an Irish person looks at people coming in, trying to better themselves, and goes, "Geez, they're fucking this. This is not right." Because go back 150, 160 years ago. Go back 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I like. I always jump back to famine. Yeah, that's so fucking true. Yeah, that's so fucking true. It's amazing. There's 40 million people in the states with Irish an- ancestry, ten times, almost ten times the population of here. Wow. Um, second highest ancestry after German. Really? People aren't proud of that for some reason. I don't know why. Have they lost their pride? I think apparently in the states that was a bad joke. Appar- <laughs> apparently in the states, people were like German uh, Americans were really proud and they, they really maintained their culture. Right. After World War Two, that totally died. Like, they've literally just um, totally Americanized. Really? Apparently, there was a lot of people who would still speak German and stuff up until the, the war. Yeah. Um. So, like, I mean, I think by the Germans not celebrating their culture, our, the Irish culture was more celebrated almost. Yeah, it could thrive more or whatever. Yeah. One of the good questions I get asked is, uh, do you guys celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland? The one I love the best is... Uh, What's your last St. Patrick's Day experience in Ireland? Um, I don't know. Probably... Good question. I think we went on the piss the night before in Dublin, maybe. Like, the night before is almost a bigger... Dep- it depends. depends when it falls. Yeah, like, like if, the, if it's the Friday's, Paddy's Day, then, yeah. it's, then it's grand, John. But yeah, yeah, if it's, a, if it's a midweek affair, then it's the night before. That night before. Actually... Speaking of Paddy's Day, uh, Blind Boy on one of his podcasts recently, he did a podcast for Science Week and he talked about sustainability and stuff on it. It was really interesting. But anyway, one of the things, points he made was, right, we've got this one day a year that the whole world celebrates Ireland and Irish culture. Yeah. It's already green. Why don't we change the rhetoric from drinking and getting pissed and whatever to let's go green for the day, like sustainably, like let's like That's celebrate sustainability for the day let's educate people about sustainability yeah he said um what did he say there's we don't have that much of a carbon footprint but we've got a huge cultural footprint 
people listen to the Irish I, like was this a podcast a good while ago no uh, I think I heard this already a month or two ago uh, I, maybe no yeah sorry but that, I, I thought that was amazing like, yeah yeah like what a, plat- what a platform to true Jesus, such a wise man like that's amazing isn't it um, yeah that is incredible yeah it's like it's a cracking idea and it definitely could be imp- implemented yeah um, do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? In what respect? Like, do you do any? Do you mark the occasion? Do you go into the piss? Do you? Um, for the last few years, I would have spent it in Dublin, and like, I would have had friends, uh, like very, very close friends who were living in London, so they'd make an extra special effort to come back. Oh, nice. Or two years ago, I'm trying to think now. Definitely within the last three years. I was over watching Ireland win the Six Nations in Twickenham. That oh. was one of them. That was class. It was like a snowstorm and everything. And then another time, that same group, there must have been six or eight of us. Like we did a whole day of it where we went to the club championships. Then we went, watched a little bit of the parade. Then we went to uh, some sort of a, like a big comedy gig in the three. And then just went to a couple of pubs. I've done, like I, I try, I, if I'm in Dublin, I try to go to the club championships just because I think it's a cool thing yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, regardless of who's really playing, but yeah, like I've I've definitely spent the last two or three in Dublin. Yeah, so I I would do something. I wouldn't I wouldn't just stay in or go home. But it it depends as well. It's like, especially if you like, maybe you have a new friend who the the experience is novel. Yeah. yeah. Like I I wouldn't like a maniac went to the pre- to pray by myself. <laughs> have, you, like. have you been to Temple Bar on Paddy's exactly. Day? Oh my god! <laughs> like Literally. Beirut. Like oh my god. Um. um one really interesting thing happened on me and Paddy's Day this year. We're at a dinner and it was with a lady from work and uh, another man that was there. Um, we were out, we had a full dinner, like she made bacon and cabbage and stuff, like and it was deadly, like yeah, uh, or corned beef and cabbage. Um, because apparently they they have more corned beef in the states. They didn't have as much bacon. There was okay. more beef, like so that's where corned beef came from. That's where the tradition of corned beef. That's a more Irish American thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, or like we'd have ha- we'd have. Or did I say corned beef and bacon? I meant corned beef and cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we'd have we'd have ham and cabbage here, like or bacon yeah, and cabbage. Bacon and cabbage. Um, but anyway, uh, he was at another table from me, and he was chatting to everyone, and he he's been to Ireland twice or three times or whatever, and uh, he was saying like, oh yeah, in Ireland nobody really celebrates St Patrick's Day. They typically, you know, stay at home and they have corned beef and cabbage, and they go to they go to church that morning. Where's your man from in Ireland? He's not from Ireland. <laughs> Uh, and I was just sitting over there, like oh, fuck. Like it, it's weird though that people have that notion, you know. Yeah. But it has lost its religious like significance all completely. Oh yeah. So it's Christmas, I guess, which is good. Yeah. Shouldn't say good, but uh, <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Um. And I, th- I think we should probably wrap it up. Definitely. That has been tremendous. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for doing it. Blabbing away here. All right, man. It's been good. Keep it real. Real, Kev. Cheers. Peace.